I'd like us to go back just one, one little bit going backwards in order to go forwards today. But last time I was with you, I taught from Ephesians 3 and verse 20, and I talked to you a lot about beyond, that we serve a God who is able to do abundantly beyond what we can ask or think and so on. And, and we spent a fair amount of time. Sorry, I might need to change this. It keeps falling off. And I, I want to go back to that, not, not to teach or preach on that again, but I think that's our starting place. I think whatever the Lord did in your midst in June, see uh, today is going a little bit deeper. I felt we were to go a little bit deeper and that God wanted to take us a little bit further. And this morning I'm reading from the Message Bible. It's the same scripture, Ephesians 3 uh, and verse 20. And here it is in the Message. And I might even have that up on the screen for us. God can do anything you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. God can do anything you know, <laughs> more than we could ever imagine. And I suppose my task today is, is to pray a little bit about this amazing faculty called the imagination and and when Alan and I were emailing back and forward and we were talking about the imagination I started to think well how how do we start to develop that faculty within us I'm calling it the creative imagination and where is the place not now just beyond where we can ask that's where we got to last time Last time I was with you, there was a prayer that was taking us beyond what we could ask. But now I felt the Lord was saying a little further, a little deeper, beyond not just our prayer, but what we can imagine even in our wildest dreams. And I started to get excited this morning because I thought, goodness me, that's a place that could be scary and that's a place that could be very exciting. And that's a wonderful, wonderful place to be, a place beyond what we can ask, a place beyond what we can even imagine in our wildest dream. And I suppose the title for this talk is Awakening the Creative Imagination in the Believer. And just a little bit background from Genesis, you know all these scriptures so well, but in Genesis chapter 1 it says God created the first attribute that we see of God is that he is a creator. He created the earth and the stars and the skies and the seas and, and the birds and the, and the fish. And then it comes around Genesis 1 and 26 where we come to what's called the apex of creation. We come to the moment where God is creating us and it says in the Bible he created us in his image and likeness he created them. And then it says, let us make them in 
our image. This in the Hebrew is called a plural of majesty. In other words, when it comes to creating you and me and all of us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have a little consultation. Let us. Let us. This is the plural of majesty, the apex of creation. He created you and me in his image and in his likeness. And if we understand that the first attribute of God is that he is a creator and he made us in his image and in his likeness, I presume that without much further study on that, we can presume that therefore there is a part of us inside of us the creator has called us to be as creative as he is. Amen. And in church, I think somehow there have been moments in our church expression, certainly in Scotland, maybe not so much here, but I was brought up in a traditional Presbyterian Church of Scotland. And it felt to me as a young person in the church that we had lost that which was creative. And then, it, then the charismatic renewal happened and then Toronto happened and then Bethel happened and, and then we're singing our songs and we're worshipping the Lord. And then it is as if creativity was uh, given a place in the church which was over there. In our church, the creatives are allowed to wave their banners the creatives are allowed to paint their pictures and the creatives are allowed to do their prophetic dancing behind the curtains. Don't worry, I'm not going to ask you to burst into prophetic dance. That comes after coffee. But I... <laughs> You're all getting nervous now. Oh my goodness, she's going to stir up prophetic dancing. No, I'm not. But my job this morning is to stir up your creative imagination because somehow or another, and it doesn't matter how, we have lost, I think, in most of our churches, the true meaning of this word creative. The word creator and creative means to produce, to work, to build. And he created us in that image. And we have narrowed it down. You see, it's not just a creative prayer we have to make. There has to be a movement of grace in our hearts that stirs up once again creativity from the creator God. And we need to see that in business, in church, at home, in writing. There's songs to be written, there's songs to be sung, there's books to be written and released. There's business solutions, there's business problems. There's problems in our nation. Brexit, oh my goodness. Donald Trump, oh my goodness. A plastic wheel, oh my goodness. And suddenly there has to be a release on the earth. You see, Phil's already prayed it as it is in heaven. The wisdom, the creativity, the ability to build and to produce and to make and to create and to influence our culture in these days. I'm not just talking about waving banners in church. I'm not just talking about doing a little creative dance when the spirit makes us feel a little bit more energetic. I'm talking about something that is so full of wisdom. It's a wisdom beyond wisdom. It's the mind of Christ. Something that's so full of wonder 
that we wouldn't even have the language in English to talk about what we have seen or heard or tasted in him. Something that's so full of a wellness and a well-being because we are his and we are the people of God. And what I want to try and ask it, you and I, I'm thinking with you, I'm not coming with all the answers this morning, but you see, if God wants to stir up our imagination because he wants to go beyond what we can ask or think up or imagine, even in our wildest dreams, I suppose my question to myself, how then can we unleash your creativity? So that's a big question. And I sat with that question when Alan emailed me and I thought, well, how, how do we unleash the creativity that is within because we're an image bearer of the creative and creator God? How do we unleash that? And as I sat with that question, I started to realize we, uh, in Scotland, we've not even scratched the surface of this. I started to realize, of course, of course, of course, Jesus models creative miracles. Jesus doesn't just pray with people and say, be healed, although he does, but he does everything in such an amazing way. And I started to think, in this place, what would happen if people come in? I'm teasing a little bit. And somebody said, I've just gone blind in one eye. And you said, well, you know, I'm made in the image and likeness of God. <laughs> Be healed. Amen, amen. <laughs> that was kind of different. <laughs> that was a different type of prayer. And you see, what you and I realize that Jesus is actually breaking a curse because in blindness and the Old Testament was thought to be about a generational curse. And in the Old Testament, when people used to come and walk past, people would spit on them. People would actually spit on them because they thought they were cursed. And Jesus broke a curse by, <laughs> you see, the blind person would have heard, <laughs> and maybe thought, here we go again, <laughs> I'm going to be spat upon. But what Jesus did, he became a curse, that we would inherit blessing, <laughs> be healed. What would it look like? If people were passing our churches and you who are creatives, the creatives, not the banners, not the prophetic dancers, the releasers of creative miracles, what would that look like in our churches? We um, have a school in our church called the Edinburgh School of Supernatural Transformation. And we send our creatives out to go treasure hunting. I'm sure you do the same in your churches. And they go into the shopping malls. And, and God has kind of directed them to pray with the woman in the red jumper and to pray with the man in the dark glasses, the handsome man with dark glasses. And they then wait for the handsome man. All the girls say, I get to pray with the handsome man with dark glasses. <laughs> And they go up and they approach people and one of the interns on the ESST school felt she was to take her, uh, her art pad and pencil and the, there was uh, 
There's some poor people who sit begging in the shopping malls in Edinburgh, which is just awful. But anyway, this girl said, um, I'd like to draw a picture of you. Is that okay? And she sat down beside the man, and he was very unkempt and very kind of upset looking. And she, she drew a portrait of this unkempt, blind in one eye person. And she showed the man the picture, and he said, oh, but that's not me. That's, that's nothing like me. And she says, no, that is you. And he said, no, no, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm like this, and I'm all straggly and horrible, and got a straggly beard just like Alan's. And, uh, <laughs> and she said, no, that's you. That's how God sees you. And immediately started to get healed. She prayed for his blind eye and he got healed. And he got healed because he saw himself as God saw him. And she saw him as God saw him. And she released the creative power, unleashed her own creativity. And dramatic healings start to flow. And so I've come from Scotland today to call you creatives. Turn to your friend beside you and say, you know you are really creative. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's absolutely true. But then that begs a question, if that's who we are, if we could see ourselves as Jesus sees us, and if we could begin to think, As Christ thinks, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, you have the mind of Christ. If we could see ourselves as Jesus sees us and think as Jesus thinks, it would be just amazing. So how can we unleash that that is deep within each one of us, the creativity of the born-again believer? That's what I'm going after. And my only solution... Later on in the morning, I've got all sorts of practical thoughts about answering that question. But this morning, my prayerful solution, not my practical solution, my prayerful solution comes from Ezekiel. Son of man, can these dead bones live? Well, Lord, you alone know. And I felt my only solution was to say, let there be a breath from heaven that would begin to awaken the dryness within, that that which is within the heart and the mind and the soul of every believer in this room would start to be stirred up as the breath of God re-enters you in a fresh way and releases and unleashes that wonderful gift of creativity. And it's not just about then us saying, well, you know, I know I'm creative because the creator God made me it's about moving there's a movement of grace that I think is about to happen in all of our churches and it's the movement of grace that takes us from creative imagination when God has stirred up our mind to go beyond what we can think hope imagine in our wildest dream here's the movement of grace from creative imaginings 
The grace of God that takes us into supernatural manifestations. And what I'm beginning to think about, if we can see it in our wildest dreams, if we can see it in our sanctified imaginations, if we are sure and understand that we share the mind of Christ in relationship with him, if we can see it, we can be it. And if we can be it, we can have it. And I started to ask myself the question, what is it you're seeing? What is it you see when you think of an image of God? What is it we see when we think of an image of church in the 21st century? What is it we see? as a creative manifestation of the power of God in the lives of the believer. The story is told, I love this little story, five-year-olds having art class in their school. And the teacher said, now you have to draw a creative picture, boys and girls. And the little girl is drawing away, and then it's time for art class to finish, and the teacher's saying, that's great, that's great. And she's like, oh, picture of mummy. Oh, picture of daddy. Oh, picture of your little house. Comes to the little five-year-old. What's that a picture of? The little girl says, well, I've not quite finished it, but I will be finished it in a minute. But what's that a picture of? The little girl says, well, well, that's a picture of God. The teacher says, but, well, no one knows what. God looks like. A little girl says, well, if you give me five minutes, they will. <laughs> see, there's a big question that I have in my heart for you this morning. What do you see in the eye of your heart when you think about God? What do we see in the eye of my heart when we think about church? What do we see in the eye of our heart when we think about our children and our children's children? And we think about our destiny and we think about that which is the creative expression of God that is within us. I believe that each one of you carries something that is your unique, like no one else, it's a unique grace upon your life. There's a job for Jesus only you can do, and only you can do, and only you can do. And the enemy hates it. When we start to move with a stirred up creativity and a mind that is sanctified to know the mind of Christ, I started to think of this. I've been praying for weeks, and I stir up my mind that I would know the mind of Christ because what that means is there would be a release of knowledge, wisdom and knowledge and prophetic words. When we ask about plastic, Lord, what do we do with this problem? I don't know, but we have the mind of Christ. don't know if you were watching that program on the television, sort of plastic pollution, and the reporter was going all around the world and every ocean was filled with plastic. And a little 18-year-old boy was swimming uh, with the, the snorkel with his father. And they were in Greece. And all he could see was, was plastic and rubbish and all that horrible stuff. And in, under the water, the boy started to pray. 
And he said in the program, he said, a thought came into my mind of a great big machine in every ocean in the world that would hoover up all this plastic that's polluting the ocean. And he came out of the water and he drew what he had seen. And then he went to some big place in America and they have now built the thing he had seen and they're about to start launching it first of all in the Pacific Ocean and then as if that works which I think it will in other oceans around the world what do we see with the eye of our hearts and you see if the enemy hates it I can understand if I was the enemy I can understand if the thief comes only. You see, the nearer and nearer we move towards revival and the nearer and nearer we move to expressing who we are and the nearer and nearer we move towards not just creative imagination but supernatural manifestation, the enemy comes only to steal to kill and to destroy. <laughs> and I thought it's so great this morning that you guys are meeting together as Tobar. It's so great that you're coming from different churches and different expressions and different traditions and meeting as Tobar. And I've got a little video clip that will confirm my thought on that matter. safer to travel in groups. It's great you're here this morning because that which God is going to release through you, the enemy is going to hate that. He hates, the enemy hates the creative expression of God in you and he also hates that which we call first love. And I want you to think of first time ever you saw his face. First time ever you heard his voice. First time ever you understood his word. First time he touched you. First time he transformed you. And I have this against you, says the Lord in Revelation chapter 2, that you've lost your first love. 
And then it goes on in Revelation chapter 2 to say, do the things, do the deeds, do the things that you did at first. And I start to think, oh my goodness, goodness, goodness. What if some of us were creative? I'm talking about myself. And what if some of us have lost that ability to move in supernatural creativity with our minds being taken captive in the imagination to take us beyond what we can ask, hope, think, or imagine. And there's a little scripture that I've been hanging out in in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1. You see, here's the question, how did you lose it? I'm asking myself, oh my goodness, I think maybe I've lost some of that which I started with. For this reason, Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1, we must pay closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. In the message it says, lest in any way we drift past them and let them slip away. You see, there's an issue here in my own, I can give you a little bit of my own experience. When I first had, um, I think I was brought up very churched. And then when I was about 17, I think I had an awakening. But then, Certainly in my early 20s, I was filled with the Holy Spirit and knew the call of God and knew that I was to serve the Lord. And at that time, the primary way that God spoke to me was in vision and dream. And it wasn't that I, 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 I studied the Bible every day and I voraciously read. But when it came to God speaking to me, it was as if in my imagination I would see a picture And then it was as if the only thing I knew to do as a young person, I'm not saying this is great, but I'm trying to demonstrate how we slip away from things. I would see a picture and I would try and draw what I'd seen in my mind's eye with the eye of my heart. And then I didn't know what, as a young person, I thought, these pictures are great. And then I would stick a picture or a drawing or something like that on my fridge door. And the only thing I knew to do was to pray in tongues about the picture that I had seen. And I remember when my husband and I moved to Kineswood and God started to use me all around that area of Scotland. And I was to travel up north and speak and so on and so forth. And at that time, I had a little old Fiat car. It was, it was a really horrible little car. And I, I just started to hate this little car. And I, said, I kept saying to people, you know what? I'm traveling now. Maybe I should have, you know, something like a, a really fast little car. And Peter would just pat me on the head and say, no, no, we can't afford it. And I... One night I went to bed and I had a picture in my mind. I now know, some of you will know how old I am, but I saw a picture of a Fiat Strada with a sunroof and stripes down the side. I mean, this is, we're talking a million years ago. And I said to Peter, I I see it and I drew it and I showed him it and I put it on the fridge. And then every morning as I passed the fridge, shabba, 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 shabba. Shabba, shabba, shabba. I'm praying in my Fiat Strata. And I actually, I was foolish enough as a young person to believe that that's what you did. You used the gifts of the Holy Spirit. 
You use the mind of Christ. You use the understanding that you have. And God would open the eye of my heart and I would see something that I felt was his will and his delight to release to me. Shabba, shabba, shabba. And then one day Peter said, uh, you'll never believe this. And I said, what? He said, there's a fiat strata for sale that's very like the one you've been describing to me. And it's in Dundee, and I think we should drive up. So we drove up with the wee old car, and I'm shabba, 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 shabba. And we arrived at the place, and the wee old car was worth about 10 pence. And the, the other car was worth, in those days, rather a lot of money for us. And I went in, and there was my car. And I thought, wow, that's mine. Shabba, 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 shabba. <laughs> I, the man probably thought I was nuts, so I'm walking around my car, shabba, 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 shabba. And then Peter said, how much will you give us for the old car? And the man said, 10 pence, and uh, whatever it was, I don't know about cars and money, but it wasn't good. And Peter said, oh, well, we, we can't afford it. So we went out, and as I walked out, I was hit with a wave of disappointment that I have it wasn't about a car for me. It was about, I really think this is God. And so as we started to walk out, everything, talk about being crestfallen, everything fell. I mean, everything fell. And I said, I'm not crying about a car. Well, I secretly was, but I'm not crying about a car. I'm much more spiritual than that. <laughs> I'm not crying about a car. I am disappointed that... My father in heaven showed me it. So Peter says, okay, well, let's go back in and see if we can negotiate. And in the absence of that, the car dealer had said to his boss this and that, and could we do a deal? And we didn't know that. And so we walked back in. And I said, I just felt, I said to him, I felt, actually, God wanted me to have this car. <laughs> <laughs> and we got the car. I see, that's a very simple thing. That was my beginning. I would see it. I would pray it. I would pray it. I would pray it. I'd read it. I'd read it. I'd speak it. I'd pray it. I'd see it. Until God released it. And I don't want to make this too simple, but I don't want to make it too complicated. I could make it complicated. But if you can see it, and if you can see it, and if you can release it, shabba shabba. You see, tongues is an amazing gift. When I don't know how to pray, I don't know how, how do I pray for a tongue or for a building or for a car or for a person or for a healing? I don't know. And so I pray in tongues and I release heaven as it is in heaven filled with saying, let it be here in earth. I pray the perfect prayer to bring release from heaven here on earth. And I want you to be open today to God stirring up our hearts and stirring up our minds and stirring up once again first love. And my fear is, dear God... <laughs> My fear for myself, I'm not preaching at you, my fear for myself. Dear God, could I possibly have let this simplicity slip away? Some of you know that my call was to plant 10 Christian counseling centers in Scotland. And 
I had to move from, in my mind's eye, releasing people and releasing healing. I then had to move, as I grew up a little bit in God, to releasing buildings. I then had to move to releasing finances. And there's a movement of grace that we begin to grow. In other words, I didn't keep releasing Fiat Stradas around the world. I don't have a Fiat Strada ministry. I had to plant 10 counseling services and I've shared some stories about buildings and stuff that God had already prepared beforehand. But one that came to mind uh, as I was thinking of coming to be with you today was the centre that we have in Dundee. And I had a team of volunteer counsellors in Dundee and I know that Phil and Ali and the team are just now releasing the counselling centre up the stairs in this building, which is going to be awesome and beautiful. But I arrived to the team in Dundee and they said, Andrea, the only thing we could get is a port-a-cabin in the back of our church. And (laughs) I went into this port-a-cabin in the backyard of some old church in Dundee and they said, this is what we've got to start the service. And I said, no, this isn't it. I said, I just know God can do better. I said, I don't want you to open it in this. This is not it. It's not nice. It's not good enough or big enough. But at that moment with them, I hadn't seen it. And I remember going home and praying very hard in tongues. And finally, I saw an amazing old building in Dundee. And it was like in my mind's eye, I was seeing like a penthouse glass renovation, restoration on the top of this old building. And I went back up to to see them and I said, this is what it's like. The place that we've to release. You see, there's a movement of grace. We start to see it. We start to release it. The place we've to release is in a traditional old building that has a penthouse renovation that's absolutely amazing. And somebody in the team said, oh, I know such a place. I said, do you? (laughs) And there was a big, big, posh consultancy agency called Tush Ross in Dundee. And their job was to consult with the oil people in Aberdeen and the oil people in London and so on and so forth. And just as we were prayer walking around their building and releasing their building, they were making decisions to close their operation in Dundee and move to Aberdeen. And it just so happened that one of the team knew the the kind of director of Tush Ross and a whole big rigmarole. Anyway, within about two months, we were in the penthouse, all glass, beautiful building, Uh, We had the poshest counselling centre in the whole world. (laughs) And it didn't cost us anything. You see it. Here's the movement. How do we unleash our creativity? There's something about seeing it in your mind's eye. There's something about, I've been praying, Lord, stir up that I might not lose the simplicity. You see, the things that I saw in me uh, doing the things that I have to be called with, If I say to you, I saw it first in my imagination. I'm sure this building and the association, the counselling services, people have seen it in their imagination. It begins in the imagination. And then it begins by releasing in prayer that which you see. 
And so here's my question. I want you to take these questions as journal reflections and prayerful considerations. But my question is, what do you see it with the eye of your heart? What do you regularly see when you close when I close my eyes, when you close your eyes? Even if we could do this just now, if we close our eyes, some of you, as you close your eyes, some of you, if the Lord opens the eye of your heart and sanctifies your imagination, <clears throat> some of you will begin to see the release of healing miracles in the church. Some of you might see your future unfolding with the eye of your heart. Some of you might see the chapter, the next chapter of your life and what you have to do with that, with the eye of your heart. Some of you will see the buildings that God wants you to claim and release. Some of you will see the people that you have to influence and go and visit and talk to. And Father God, as we close our eyes this morning, <clears throat> Lord, I pray you would allow us to see that which is pertinent to our call and that which is appropriate to the gifts of God and grace that you've given each one of us. Father God, I pray that you would stir up now in Jesus' name our imagination. I pray you would stir up those parts of our brain that have gone to sleep. And I pray, Father God, that you would move us from seeing to praying to releasing to obtaining and to actually seeing as it is in heaven, let it be here on earth. I pray for the supernatural release in Jesus' name of buildings that we need, of people that we need, of giftings that we need, of resources that we need, of everything that is needed to glorify you and move into the next chapter of our destiny here on earth, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 15. It's when God was talking to Abraham and was talking about his future, the future he couldn't see. And he said, you'll be the father of many nations. And of course, in the mind's eye, it's like, duh, I, you know, I'm old and I have no children. And you know the story of Abraham. But there's a little verse there that really gripped me. <clears throat> as we talk about stirring up your creative imagination. And the little verse is that God took him outside the tent. Now I want you just, in the realm of imagination, I want you to imagine this. You see, if Abraham's living in a tent and here's the, the tent roof is here, and probably it wasn't a very nice tent. It wasn't like the nice camping tents we can get now. And God's speaking to him about becoming a father of many nations, so many people, millions and millions of people. And it says in Genesis 15, God took him out the tent and caused him to look up to see millions of stars. And suddenly God was giving him an image into his imagination that was being stirred up and of course, then God was saying, count the stars. Well, of course, we can't count the stars. Such will be your descendants. And into his brain, you see, into, right into the center of his being, in his mind's eye, in the eye of the heart, when we close our eyes, 
the thing that Abraham saw was millions and millions of stars that were impossible to count, and such shall be your descendants. Isn't that amazing? God wants to give us images. God wants to do something dramatic inside our brain, and I'll talk about brain science and neuroscience in the next session to show you how this actually works. But he wants to imprint you in your mind's eye, in the faculty of your imagination, with something that's so awesome and amazing that sometimes it has to take you outside of your own situation to see it. If we stay in our own wee houses, in our own wee churches, in our own wee neighbours, in our own little circles of friends, in our own little circle of influence, we may not be able to see that what God wants to deposit. And regularly, every now and again, I take myself outside of what is the familiar, outside of what is the routine, outside of my normal. And I say, Lord, show me something I've never, ever, ever, ever seen before. <laughs> and I want you as a spiritual rhythm, as a rhythm of grace, as a rhythm of preparation, as a rhythm of preparing for the supernatural manifestations that could be released through your churches to regularly take you out of your own wee circle. And as you, you go outside, some of you could come to Edinburgh if you want, but if you go outside, ask God to show you something, to imprint something into your brain. I think I've got another. Hello. I will be teaching you some serious brain science after coffee. <laughs> but what I will be teaching you is that your brain, that's not totally true what he said. <laughs> your brain is wired for connection. Your brain is actually wired to receive something through the eye of your heart that is a supernatural download. Your brain through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, is actually wired to be in dialogue with Jesus to know the mind of Christ. I in him and me in him and thee in him and thee in us. John 17. I will abide with him, John 50, and he in me. And we're actually, that, that's good fun, but we're actually wired to know him, we're wired to know his mind, we're wired, we'll hear more about this next session, to receive supernatural downloads of wisdom, of knowledge, of pictures, of images, to take us outside of our box, our nothing box, and to give us something to start praying into a manifestation here on earth. And what I'd like us just to do, just for five minutes, we're just going to pray and then we're going to go for coffee and then we'll come back. We'll go a little bit deeper. Dave, could you and your uh, team go up and maybe just start to worship? Um, if there's prayer ministry team, if you could just come out as well. I want to, all of us, but I've, I've come here from Scotland to awaken your imagination, I suppose, because I sense God wants to unleash your imagination. And I sense that because God wants to, for you to recover maybe something you've lost 
in the way of what we are supposed to be doing with our imagineerings in relation to the kingdom coming here on earth. So let's just stand. I'm going to pray. And then those of you who feel that you'd like some ministry, I'll tell you what that will look like in a minute. Let's just stand. And if the prayer ministry team can come and help me and you could stand where those creative prophetic dancers stand. (laughs) And I don't know where the eye of your heart is and I don't know where your imagination is, but I want you just to lay hands on yourself. And Father God, we give you our hearts today here in Tobar and here in the churches in the north and the south and the east and the west. And Father, we don't want to lose or let slip those things that you gave us right at the beginning when we first fell in love with you. Dreams and pictures and prophecies and the ability to pray in tongues and manifestations of your love here on earth and manifestations of your power and your kingdom coming here on earth. And Father God, we want to take back our imagination. We want to take back that faculty of dream, that faculty that would allow us to see the things that you see and to know the things that you know. And I pray for you, beloved ones, in Jesus' name, that the Holy Spirit would now come and stir up your mind and stir up your soul and stir up your imagination. I pray that you would not see it. I has not seen nor ear heard all that is stored up for those who love the Lord. And I pray that God would release into your minds now the next things that he has stored up for you to see and to possess and to lay hold of and to become. And Father God, I pray for a download into our imaginations. God, that would be so amazing and so supernatural and so miracle. We pray together in Jesus' name. I want anyone whose mind has been unwell with depression and unwell with discouragement and unwell with disappointment, some of you who've maybe had mental health problems and mental health difficulties, I want you to come forward just now in order that God can restore your mind. We're going for healing miracles of things that have disordered and made your mind unwell. Just come forward just now. Depression, just come forward just now for prayer. Just come out. There's somebody here who needs to be healed of depression. There's someone here who needs to be healed of just something that's causing an incapacity to their health, their mental health. Let's just pray. And those of you who want to really start to move in vision and dream and imaginings and manifestations, just start coming out. And all we're going to do is release. We're just going to speak a word, release. A word of release to release those anointings and those impartations in God. 
So just come forward if you want that release. And then Dave is going to lead us in worship. Let's go for it. Come forward for prayer. Let's worship the Lord.